Hello, this is Peter Woolfolk, producer and host of the Public Relations Review podcast. When I conceived this program, my idea was to provide public relations practitioners with a wide variety of solid, useful information and guidance from public relations professionals across America. And we are doing that. I will continue to cover important topics such as crisis communications and artificial intelligence and other such important topics. But I will also address other issues such as diversity in public relations, marketing to women, public relations trends, various data concerns, and much more. From time to time, I will also invite vendors of public relations products on to help you better understand how these products can improve your efficiency and your effectiveness. You will learn a lot from our podcast, so thank you for listening, and please inform your colleagues about the Public Relations Review podcast and continue listening. Thank you so very much. Welcome. This is the Public Relations Review podcast, a program to discuss the many facets of public relations with seasoned professionals educators, authors, and others. Now, here is your host, Peter Woolfolk. Welcome to the Public Relations Review. My guest today is Annie Scranton, president and founder of Pace Public Relations in New York City. Now, prior to founding her firm, she worked for eight years as a seasoned television uh, producer and booker for program guests with major networks, such as CNN, Fox News, CNBC, MSNBC, and ABC. She has an exceptional understanding of behind-the-scenes television with an unparalleled list of contacts. She has placed clients on CNBC, Fox News, HLN, MSNBC, Fox Business Network, Bloomberg TV, PIX in the Morning, and various print and website outlets. Now, before working in television... Annie started with the firm Lou Hammond and Associates with a focus on local news coverage and newspaper and magazine placements. She was also a newspaper reporter covering business and politics for New Jersey's Asbury Park Press. She is a graduate of Smith College and served as the editor-in-chief for the college's weekly newspaper. She currently serves on a wide variety of boards of directors for organizations in New York. Now, with this solid media background, Annie is going to provide our listeners with guidance on preparation to successfully pitch to the media and provide important branding information. So, Annie, welcome to the program. Thank you so much for having me. Okay. So, let's get started. So, how should one begin to prepare to pitch to the various media outlets? The first thing you need to do is really understand the message that you want to put out there in the media. Um, I often ask my clients, if you could wake up tomorrow and see a headline on your company in your favorite newspaper or news website, what would you want the headline to be? So you have to really understand your branding and what you stand for and the message that you want to put out there. But at the same time, you need to make sure that that is contextualized to make sense for the readership of the outlet that you're pitching. Meaning, if you're pitching the Wall Street Journal, typically speaking, those readers are interested in 
Fortune 500 companies, public companies, and sort of the news and business trends that follow those different companies and CEOs. So perhaps there is a way that your leader, your CEO, your company could come in as a thought leader to also comment on those news of the day stories. Um, That's kind of the first step is to figure out what is the message that you want to put out there, but then to identify what are the outlets that you really want to see your company featured on. From there, you need to do research into figuring out who is the best reporter or producer or editor that you should pitch, and then you need to really familiarize yourself with the content that they write um, and that they put out there and figure out the best angle um, to get yourself uh, noticed by that reporter. We always send email pitches out on behalf of our clients. Um, So I would recommend starting with a quick intro pitch to a reporter. And then from there, you know, trying to just develop that relationship through different follow-up, connecting on social media, um, trying to meet in person, tactics like that. Quick question. Uh, certainly with print reporters, it's pretty much easier to track down who covers what sort of uh, topics or issues. With television, how do you determine who produces what sort of stories? Well, there's a couple different ways. Um, The first is if you're a PR pro, you likely have a subscription to Cision or or another service like that where you can pretty easily find out who the producers are for the specific networks and shows you're Mm -hmm. trying to pitch. Another tactic, though, which is not rocket science, but I use LinkedIn all the time. Um, People, producers, most most people, generally speaking, who are working, update their LinkedIn um, pretty routinely. So LinkedIn is a great way, and even on Cision as well, people people tend to um, update, you know, where they're working and their Twitter handle as well. Very good. Carry on. <laughs> um, I mean, that's, that's how we go about finding our, our producers. And then when you want to pitch TV, it's really, really important that you watch the shows. Um, I, I can't stress that enough. When I was a producer for HLN, I used to get literally hundreds of e- email pitches a day into my inbox. Um, and Anybody who would watch my show would know that we were a news program. We were focused mostly on domestic crimes that were happening. Um, But we also, our anchor was very outspoken um, and would talk regularly about how she had been sober for 15 years. So sort of a funny story, I got um, an email pitch one day from a publicist who was representing a new vodka line. And the publicist said to me, we, you know, we really think it'd be great if Jane could do a a taste test on air um, for our new vodka. And this pitch was just made no sense whatsoever because not only were we a news program and not some like late night, you know, talk show, our our anchor was proudly sober. So um, I wrote back to the publicist and I said, listen, like, you know, you obviously haven't watched our show. This makes no sense. Um, and uh, 
And and she replied immediately and said, I'm so sorry. You know, this was part of our email blast. You shouldn't have gotten it, whatever. And listen, we all, none of us have enough hours in the day to do what we need to do. And, and sometimes even the best of us need to rely on mail merges or email blasts, but you really shouldn't because in that moment, while, you know, I could, I could understand what she was saying, it's just, you know, she sort of got filed away in my do not work with column mm-hmm. because she obviously didn't <laughs> take the time, you know, to research us. And so I just can't stress that enough. Like everybody who's working to try to promote their clients, their clients think that their company is the most interesting thing on the planet. And maybe it is, but if it doesn't fit in with the line of programming that you're pitching, you know, you have to think then of a way to make it make sense. Um, And I can't stress that enough because getting into a show as an expert or a thought leader can open the door when there might be an opportunity to have a larger segment on your company. Mm -hmm. Well, I certainly I certainly agree with uh, that uh, that approach because when I was in the uh, uh, radio as a producer, you're absolutely correct. Uh, folks would call and pitch uh, uh, story ideas that just did not fit the format. So it was uh, again, it's a waste of time and a lack of basically I would say a lack of preparation and uh, you know almost a disservice to to your clients to uh, to approach it that way. Can't agree with you more. Um, it doesn't. It actually doesn't take that long to either watch an hour of a show, fast forward on your DVR to see what kind of segments, or just go on the website and see what what kind of stuff they're doing. Um, without doing that, though, your chances are going to be virtually nothing of getting of getting on that show. So preparation is absolutely important let's add to that preparation too because one of the things that uh, i always like to do is to, to let the reporter know uh well obviously the one is it's going to fit the program format but the fact we've got a lot of stuff to give you uh, to help you with your preparation in some cases we might have some footage you can use or some still shots uh, some other sort of graphic. Uh, we've got some experts. We've got data. All those kinds of things to facilitate what it is that they have to do to uh, to also prepare for the show. Absolutely. I mean, we we have um, kind of a little cheat sheet every time we have um, a client who's going on a TV show, and it's it's exactly that of things that we know will make the producer's job easier. Um, you know, but will also help our clients. So the first is, how do they want to be introduced? What is their exact title? What should the Chiron read when they're um, when they're uh, being identified in their lower third? Um, if they have a new book out, making sure the producer has the book cover that they can show in mm-hmm. the introduction, um, or if they just if they're there to promote something specifically what it is that they're there to promote, whether it's a new conference or they're launching something, et cetera, and then absolutely getting over to them any B-roll, images, anything like that, or just, you know, generally speaking, any information that would be useful to the producer for the segment. Most of the time that, that simply includes their talking points basically what they are going to say on air about the subject of their interview. Um, that That's the most important. And then we always try to prep our clients with a few quick reminders and tips about what they should and should not do when they're on air. Mm-hmm. 
Let me add to that because one of the things that I think is important, <clears throat> obviously in terms of getting your message out, is when I was on the air, a lot of times I just did not know some of the subject matter. I wasn't comfortable with it. I would actually ask the client, why don't you uh, prepare some questions that you want me to ask you? Now, what that mm-hmm. does is it helps make sure that I don't go off the uh, off the ranch asking something just to fill up that time and completely, you know, get off base on this thing. And uh, it makes the uh, the interviewer more comfortable because then they seem that they're prepared to uh, uh, to further that conversation that makes sense. Absolutely, absolutely. And I think I think it's it's always important when you go on air especially that you feel comfortable with the subject matter that you're speaking to. Um, and But at the same time, getting on national cable or network news is really challenging. And you kind of have to figure out a way to insert yourself into the news cycle that those shows are talking about. And so, you know, they're with using, a, you know, a, a professional media professional PR professional, you can find ways to do that. But mm-hmm. clients need to understand that that may be the only way that they can get on. And if they're not willing to sort of play ball, then perhaps they need to understand that TV won't necessarily be attainable for them. Well, l- l- let's add to that conversation because a lot of times clients, the, the story might not be completely about them, but perhaps they can be in the story. For example, if you're talking about climate change, well, your client might not have much to do with that, but they can be called on as an expert in that particular category. So, uh, uh, there might be times when you can begin, you can give to producers, well, here's what my client does in terms of uh, 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 climate change or other sort of areas that you can call on him or her to uh, provide you expert comments on certain issues surrounding the, that topic. That, that's one that's way to get exactly that done. Right. Absolutely. Like one of our clients is the Turkish Heritage Organization, and they are a nonprofit that. Um, is trying to promote some of the good the good news and the good work that's coming out of Turkey, and we have been pitching them with good, very good responses. As you can imagine, um, their president, as a thought leader or expert, with the situation going on with Syria right now. So um, that is the, absolutely it's so beneficial for producers to hear from publicists that mm-hmm. you have somebody who's an expert or a thought leader or a commentator on the current news cycle. Um, that is what makes producers' jobs easier. When, you're, when you can intuit what their show is going to likely cover mm-hmm. that day and what kind of guests they're looking for. If you have a political pundit, now is the time to be peach, uh, pitching on impeachment, you know, or everything that's going on out of the White House. It's, mm-hmm. it's just important to stay. Publicists need to stay on top of the news cycle. Um, if they have clients who want to get on TV news, that's the only way to do it. Um, and then when you make your, your clients, when you make the producer's jobs easier, that's when then you can really start to develop those relationships and get some great booking. You know, and adding to what you said at one time, I was, <clears throat> pardon me, I was a, uh, Vice President of Communications at a college uh, here in Nashville, Tennessee, and what I did was what put together, I developed a media guide, uh, the college's uh, media guide to experts. So all of a sudden now, here's a booklet. So if you want to talk about things in physics or uh, 
the atomic bomb or hydrogen bombs or uh, biology or chemistry or what history or whatever it happened to be, here's somebody that you can call on. Here's their subject matter. Here's their uh, background and their degrees, uh, professional organizations, blah, 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 blah. And here's how to get in touch with them. So now, rather than scrambling, you just pick up the book, give us a call, that sort of thing, and uh, it makes makes life a lot easier that way as well. Absolutely. It totally does, and it's all about, I always tell my clients, when you're dealing with the media and TV producers, it is not a 50-50 relationship. It's actually a 99 to 1% relationship. (laughs) We we as publicists have to give 99%. We have to pitching we have to keep trying we have to follow up we have to do everything and the one percent we get back is when our client is in the chair and they actually make it on air and we see them doing the interview and then we get that clip afterwards that's what we get in return and i think it's just really important to remember that now just out of curiosity do you get involved with influencers at all Um, We are starting a little bit more to get involved with influencers, particularly for our clients who are in the lifestyle space. I think having a strategy around influencers, um, particularly on Instagram, is important. Um, The issue is that it can be really expensive. And so um, for our clients, there may not be an additional budget that they can put into it. some of our clients are able to offer sort of a barter arrangement, um, which does work nicely, I think, um, and is more attainable for many of our, our clients. But influencers just in general is an interesting space. Um, I think right now it's hot and can, and can do a lot to help brands um, raise awareness, but it's also very oversaturated already and I think a lot of general population is starting to see through the authenticity and how genuine some of these Mm -hmm. posts are from influencers and um, so I think it's all changing and I think in five years I I don't believe the use of influencers is going to be as uh, important as it is now. Well, actually, it's, it's, it's as you said, it's, it's really being challenged right now because one of the things that uh, a lot of companies look for, particularly if they're selling something, is how much do influencers move the sales needle? Uh, you know, after we, you know, they might have whatever it is, 100,000, 200,000 followers, but uh, how does that translate from your presentation on our product to uh, sales coming in as a result of that presentation? Yeah, I mean, it's, so clients, uh, you know, it's actually, I think, an ethical obligation for publicists to describe exactly what the ROI is when they, before they take on a new client. Mm -hmm. Um, Because PR in general is not really quantitative, it's much more qualitative. And it's very hard to measure, um, you know, getting new clients or new referrals or new leads because PR sort of works in a a holistic manner where people start to see you out there, they start to hear buzz. It's very different than, say, an influencer where it's transactional, right? You pay them X amount of dollars and they do a post. You can then, and they have a special link in in their post, you can track 
from that link exactly how many new website clicks you got or mm-hmm. how many new um, clients you got to buy something on your site. PR doesn't work that way. I mean, believe it or not, I have had clients go on the Today Show and they didn't really notice a huge uptick in their traction. And then I've had other clients do local radio programs in Minneapolis and they sold like 30 bucks from doing that one show. Mm -hmm. So it's all, there's not really a magic bullet. There's not, and there certainly is not a, a cadence to which you can absolutely accurately uh, describe the ROI as it pertains to the PR work, but without doing PR, every brand needs PR at some point. Um, and because without investing in PR, it is impossible to get to that next level, I think. Well, I, what I also hear you saying is that there also needs to be some sort of management of expectations of clients as to here's what we're going to do for you, A, B, C, and D, and uh, you know, put some parameters around what to expect on that. Absolutely. Um, when we the the follow up question that I often get asked from clients is, "What can I expect?" And you know, it's it's a little uncomfortable to say that there's really not so much we can guarantee that that doesn't necessarily make people feel that great about the process. But what I always say is. Um, to that end, you, while you can't necessarily guarantee I'm going to get you this hit, I'm going to get you this placement, I'm going to get you to write this op-ed, we refer to our track record. We mm-hmm. refer to um, case studies of what we've done for other clients. We tell clients we've been a thriving business for 10 years. You know, that's because we get results for our clients. But it is a little bit of a leap of faith. And the client also really needs to be invested in the process for it to work. They have to be available. They have to, um, you know, send over talking points. They have to be involved in it. Um, So that's what I do, you know, because I would much rather undersell and over-deliver than vice versa. Now, that really sounds uh, sounds good to me, and it makes sense, too. Um, Were there some things about branding that you also wanted to cover? Well, I just think it's it's so important to know who your brand is and what you stand for. Uh, I talk a lot about what's your elevator pitch. How do you describe what you do and what sets you apart from others in a quick way that people are going to understand but also understand what the ROI is for them? So for me, I always say, you know, my, my elevator pitch is I can get you on TV. And from there... Most of the times, people sort of stop, and then they say, well, tell me more. And I said, well, I was a former TV news producer, and we have great relationships with every network and every show and every producer. And most of the times, we can help get our clients a national TV hit. Mm-hmm. Then the question is, well, what, it, what does that do for me? And I'll say, well, you know, it could do a lot of things because there could be, at any one point, a, a million or more people watching. Um, and it is it is a way in which... It opens new doors and doors that you may not have even thought should be open from doing those TV hits because I get clients coming to me all the time that say, you know, it's so funny. I got a call from 
my high school teacher. I got a call from my old neighbor. I got a call from the, the president of my former job. And sometimes it can lead to new partnerships um, that they weren't even thinking about. Um, another, t- another thing is a lot of my clients meet really interesting people in the green room. And they can go on then to collaborate <laughs> in, some, in some way. Um, mm-hmm. That happens a lot of times, actually. And so um, I just think that, you know, you need to really understand who you are and what your company stands for, and then really start try to think strategically about how can the media help me achieve those goals without understanding, you know, what makes you different from all your competition. It's mm-hmm. going to be hard to um, to get meaningful placement. Well, Annie, let me say that you have provided uh, our listeners with a wealth of information uh, today, and I'm just wondering in closing if you've got something else you you would like to add. Um, the thing I would want to add is just that PR is one cog in the wheel, so to speak, of the greater media circle. There's also social media, there's influencers, there's direct marketing, there's um, SEO. There's a lot that can and should be done, but most clients, they're don't have endless budgets. So I think it's just important to think about your brand and where you would see the most um, bang for your buck. And then, you know, to kind of to kind of go from there. But um, just pay attention with who you're pitching, uh, if you're pitching out to the media, and try to try to make a smart, um, a smart outreach for sure. So that that's that was would be my parting words. Okay. <laughs> Well, Annie Scranton, she is the president and founder of Pace Public Relations in New York City. And let me thank her so very, very much for participating today. And uh, also, uh, well, say thank you for all of the listeners uh, in the United States and around the world for listening. And join us again for the next edition of the Public Relations Review. This podcast is produced by Communication Strategies an award-winning public relations and public affairs firm headquartered in Nashville, Tennessee. Thank you for joining us.